This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is actor Angela Serafian, who you know best from the HBO series Westworld. She's appeared in numerous shows, including American Horror Story, Blue Bloods, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and in films like The Immigrant, A Beautiful Life, and The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Westworld is back for a fourth season, and to celebrate, we thought we'd re-release an interview I did with Angela on August 4th, 2021, after her comedy horror film King Knight premiered at Canada's Fantasia Fest. Here's part of the trailer for the fourth season of Westworld. Your kind made a sport out of hunting us. You controlled our every move, and now I'm going to do the same to you. It's time to evolve into the species that we were meant to become. Maybe it's time you question the nature of your own reality. We're not here to transcend. We're here to destroy. I want to jump right in with King Knight, which I just finished watching. Yeah. And um, so King Knight opens with this animation and there's a voiceover. And at some point in the voiceover, it says... For sometimes the most beautiful flowers grow in the biggest piles of shit. And then it cuts to you and you're kissing a guy. And we later find out this guy's a witch and mm-hmm. you guys are in all these different locations. And I'm like, that very much encapsulate, encapsulates like the style and tone of this movie. But how would you describe what King Knight is about? I think King Knight is a great farce that's about a group of people that would traditionally be identified as bad. And you really see that this group of people are not so bad. There's, a, there's, there's something different about them and unique, and they all have different lines of work, but they come together as this coven, a bunch of witches, who I think the theme of the movie really is about self-discovery. It's about a person wanting to be their full self, with who they are in their past and who they are in their present. And you see Thorne, my husband in the film, the the priest, um, the high priest, that he has been hiding his past. So he has to kind of come to some kind of growth and go through a process to really embrace who he, he actually is. That's a great way of describing it. And I, I think that's interesting because and I look at stuff that we're talking about like maybe even 10 or 15 years ago, you know, maybe the word nerd would be used or geek and that kind of audience and uh, has become more of an empowering word and more of a, uh, um, this is who people are. And I, I saw a lot of that in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it seems like very timely too, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. At least with my own life, I'm, I'm kind of going through a process that Thorn has gone through, which is really looking at who I was, how I've lived the last five years, six years, 10 years of my life, and that I need to grow, that I want to grow, and that I want to find myself again and and 
not find myself again, but really, if I've been looking at the world with broken glasses, like broken tainted glasses, if I put, if I change the lens and I can see a bit more clearly, what will I see? What will I be attracted to? How will I conduct my life? And will I love myself, you know, appreciate who I am? Um, what are some parts of your life that you're exploring that with besides the excellent metaphor there? I don't know. I think this past year has been really, um, uh, well, for all of us, I think a crazy year because we've never been through anything like this as human beings on this planet necessarily. I mean, yes, in the past, but not this present generation hasn't gone through anything like this. And um, there was a really interesting moment where I got to be alone with 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 kind of letting go of all of these ways that we get to identify who we are, the relationship that we have, husband, wife, daughter, son, student, you know, actor, whatever, whatever those things are, I kind of let go of those things and went, how am I living my life? Who am I letting into my life? Why, why are the things that are kind of happening, happening as they are? And I think I was very lucky because I got to go to New York for for the fall of last year and, and, and really explore those things on my own kind of away. Cause I live in Los Angeles away from this reality. Do you like, do you like what you found during that time in New York? You're the person you're finding. Yes. Now, <laughs> now I do. I mean, I think it didn't stop there, but when I was in New York city, it opened the door to kind of unraveling the things, the ways that I was living my life that weren't, helping me that were subconscious kind of reactions to the world. For a long time, I was living in response to not feeling any kind of sadness or pain. So that would mean I love chocolate. So eating a lot of chocolate, that would be, you know, hanging out with my friends all the time and, and going and having a cup of coffee here and going to see this movie and going have a dinner. And it's just things that had become so inconsequential. And to start to value my space and my boundaries and go, what am I really doing? Where do I want to go with my life? So I would ask you for, we should go get a cup of coffee because I feel like I've been going through the same things, but that actually might not fit into what you just said. But it is a time for reflection and self. And I, I find myself going through a lot of that too. Like, like who I'm spending time with, how I'm spending time. And I think there's the, um, that play Angels in America by Tony Kushner and the yeah. character Roy Cohn has this magnificent monologue about labels and cause he's diagnosed with having HIV AIDS and he's like, I don't have AIDS. Like this kind of person has this, like I have uh, the access to the president on my phone, you know, like that's the kind of label I get. And I think it's just, we put labels on each other, but also on ourselves a lot of the time. And sometimes the label yes. that maybe our parents wanted for us <laughs> Yeah. label that we want. I love that. I love what you're saying so much because it is about those labels that we're talking about, like these false labels, even that, you know, if you are, I have connection to the president, how could I, how could I have AIDS? And mm -hmm. it's not to say that you should have AIDS. It's not, it's not about any of that. It's just to say that maybe we're none of those things. Well, and I think what's interesting is in King Knight, that is explored in a very, I want to say ridiculous way. <laughs> it's grounded, but it's so, it reminds me a lot of, um, the vibe reminded me a lot of Arrested Development, the TV show, and oh, yeah. which is excellent. Um, and I have to say, like, I've seen you in a variety of things, but you are so good at very bone dry humor. I had no idea you had to decide. What was it, what attracted you to this role of playing Willow and the film? So I, 
was actually in the midst of um, for fittings for season three of Westworld. And I got the script only a week prior to, to filming. So I came in kind of late into the game. And I usually know within the first two, three pages, two to five, like one to five pages that I know that I like something. So I read the first few pages and I started to laugh and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. I don't know this style of writing. I don't know this humor. And I tend to be uh, very, um, in my life, I would do things and people laugh and not because I'm trying to be funny, but because <laughs> it's just straight. Like it's, it's, it's sort of like that. And so I, I really thought that, to that. <laughs> really served this, 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 uh, this film to keep it straight, to, to, to play the truth. And the humor kind of comes out. And I love that. When you find out you're playing a character named Willow, who's a witch, but also a registered nurse. Like, yeah. You, I mean, this is the description alone is very funny. Like, what do you do to prepare for that? Or are you just like, I'm just going to jump in and see what happens? Well, in this case, like I, I, I had like very, very, very little time. So I was kind of jumping in, finding my way and, um, and 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 trusting it, trusting the process, because I, I really think Ricky and Matthew both are wonderful. Like um, like they they really reflect back what is working. Like I trust Ricky when when he's looking on the camera and going, okay, I think this is yes, that's the that's the direction. So he's a really smooth director. He brought I don't know. Have you ever talked to Ricky? He's got such great energy. He's oh, yeah. such a joyous he always says your old pal ricky i mean he's he's a young guy but he talks like he's 60 but he's got so much energy and so much love and positivity and it was it was intoxicating so we kind of went with that ride followed that lead and followed his direction and it was a lot of fun to do and it was just a very fulfilling experience for me um, I want to ask you, but there's a scene later in the film. Um, it's kind of like a scene that's like broken up a little bit. And uh, for uh, your character, Willow, is leading a vote um, amongst the other members of the coven. And there's a couple things in that scene. One, you had this great line where it's like, this is a witch hunt disguised as a democracy. And then <laughs> we cut back and there's a discussion about uh, Julia Bonage's uh, butt. Um, what was filming that scene like? And how do you handle all these ridiculous moments. Are you guys just like cracking up as soon as the camera stopped? I took it very seriously. I never, I, I don't remember. I think maybe at one point we might've laughed, but I took everything, like all of those lines, I kind of did it like it's Shakespearean. I don't know. I was just going, not all of them. There's something about poop and then also blowing out the candle. And I thought that <laughs> Really need to really need to commit to all of this because some of it is so stupid. Like Juliette Binoche also poops. Like we all poop. Like the whole idea is that we're all human, essentially. <laughs> but the poo in the butt is so ridiculous. I don't know. I I was always laughing when Johnny Pemberton and Josh Fadum said anything. I was just like, oh, there's that one scene. You know the scene where they're they're coming as a couple and I ask him to draw what his ex looks like oh uh, yeah <laughs> he drew a girl with long hair and i was like trying not to laugh it was so fun he was just so funny they were funny really fun people well and that leads me to my next question like for someone who has no idea about this film um what would your pitch be for them to go see it like oh you should know this you're gonna love this or what would your pitch be 
you know, after a crazy year, you want to go have a great time. You want to go and laugh and have a good time and not, it's, it's not what you're going to expect. It's just going to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. I hope and inspire you to really be yourself. I don't know. I, Oh God, it's a terrible pitch. I don't know. No, that's a great pitch. I think I'd go see that movie. Yeah. How, how would you do it? You do it. I don't know. I, I have, I'm like a comparative person. So I'm like, it, it's kind of like, um, like uh, um, that vampire film that they have to show of where it's like... Uh, the, um, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, what we do in the shadows, but with witches, but it's like arrested development, but it's also about self, self-exploration. self And it kind of comes to a good point at the end. I love that. See, I'd go see that. All right, let's do that one. Should I, All right, should cool. I... There we go. Yeah, I'll just okay. sign my little NDA or whatever I have to do. <laughs> I think that was a great one, Patrick. So Angela, it's a cross you. between what we do in the shadows, arrested development, but wait, with... with When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. So Angela, what are you currently obsessed about? Okay, so there's a show. I was talking about this before. It's a show called The Movies That Made Us. Did you ever see Yes, that? yeah, the Netflix thing. The Netflix thing, yeah. yes. I love this so much. Because I love movies. I love doing what I do. And I love watching the process it takes from the minute that the idea comes to the writing of a script, to the studio, to pre-production, everyone involved. It's so, I'm kind of obsessed with that show right now. Is there one particular like movie or like the telling of that you were like, oh, I've always wanted to know this? You know which one? Initially it was Pretty Woman because it, it, the, the 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 man the gentleman who wrote it lived down the street from where I grew up, so just to hear that he lived there and he was talking about the prostitutes all the stuff, so that so I grew up in Hollywood, so that was really amazing to hear. That one was special. I love Forrest Gump. I love Jurassic Park. Um, I loved hearing all the special effects people and everything that they were doing, even when they were told not to, and they still went forward. <laughs> So that's my obsession. Also chocolate. You were talking about like how much you like chocolate and or going out for coffee and like uh, <laughs> things like that, right? It's like a little bit's probably good for you, right? But like too much sure. of one thing is never good for you, I think. I used to have five bars of chocolate in my bag at all times. Yes. And I've developed an allergy. I have literally developed an allergy. <laughs> Your body's like, stop. <laughs> stop. Literally had to stop. So I stopped eating chocolate for the last two, three, two weeks. How are you doing? It's not easy. It's not easy. It's really hard. It's hard, but have like I'll give myself like a little bit on the weekend. And you know what? After the two weeks, I don't feel that I want as it as much. That's good. It's, That's it's impressive. Good. And we're we're trying to bring the chocolate down from obsession to just uh, occasional friend. You know, occasional nice little bite. Yeah, nice to see you once a week, maybe twice a week, maybe five days a week. To five days a week. <laughs> 
Um, so we usually send cho- a basket of chocolates to our guests afterwards as a thank you. We, we just won't do that with you. So. <gasps> no, we no, don't, no, we don't, we don't do that. We don't have any kind of budget like that. I really <laughs> think that you should. <laughs> you would not playing tricks on me, Patrick. Terrible. I am. I'm horrible. Um, I did want to ask, you mentioned growing up in Hollywood and how you're, you just love being in movies and stuff, which I really get that vibe from other interviews you've done. But your father was an actor, your mom uh, a painter. Um, yeah. Were they the kind of parents who championed you going into arts or they were like, no, be a lawyer, be an accountant, like, where they wanted you to not to go in the arts? So my dad, yeah, he was an actor in Armenia and he did want me to be a doctor, you know, in theory. My mom's a painter, but they were very supportive. My my mom especially was like, you have to go after your dreams. And she encouraged that from a very young age. So she would expose me to all kinds of different worlds of of arts, like including painting, like um, playing the piano and dancing and being on stage and opera and, and everything and, and, and sports too. So I was kind of opening the doors to what really was the thing and I chose acting and my mom was so supportive of that. And, and then so was my dad. So that's so great. And then you mentioned so like, lucky. it is great to have parents who support you no matter what, but it's yeah. also great that you seem to have done uh, pretty, pretty good there with your living uh, as an actor. <laughs> well, thanks. It's still, I'm still in the process. I say we're not done yet. You're like, yeah, don't, I'm not done yet. Um, not, but- not done yet. No, no, no. It's just starting. It's just beginning. After doing um, this particular film, is there other comedies you're like, maybe I should do more of this? Yes, I would love to. I would love to do comedies. I It all just depends on the story, the script, the style. I, it always goes back to the story. If I read the script and I'm like, I love this, I'm in. You know, If there's something that really pulls me and I know I could offer something to this role, to this entire world, then I, I will definitely be in. So, uh, Angela, let's play pick one. I'm giving you a couple options. You pick one. The first is white hat or black hat. Pick one. What would, oh, God. Black hat. Uh, pick one. Um, J.C. Penney's dress or a Christian Serrano dress? Christian Siriano dress. Siriano. I don't even know how to say it. I, my producer told me to ask you, what's it like to wear a Siriano, a Siriano gown? Oh, my God, that Christian Siriano gown. I, I wore one to the Emmys. It was magic. Just absolutely felt like I had the stars on my body. And then obviously so many of us know you and love you for the role of Clementine, Penny Feather, and Westworld. Um, when you were like first cast for the show called Westworld, what did you think of the character? And then how has that perception changed over the three seasons? Um, I, I was really kind of blown away by the script, even from the sides, from the sides that I had for the audition. With Clementine, I've grown too over the over the years. Like she and I have really been through this process together and lived through, and she has colored my life in a beautiful way and affected my life. and And I have hers. I think. I mean, I think my goal is always to to bring justice and truth and life to to what's on the page. So, um, I, I'm so grateful for that experience. And I look at my characters like that. I think serendipitously, the universe kind of connects us for a reason and so she was definitely one of the greatest gifts 
I want to thank Angela for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. New episodes of Westworld air Sunday nights on HBO, and you can rent the film King Knight on services like Prime Video and Apple TV. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell, and this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care. Take care.